0: Um, Hi and welcome to Do More Good podcast number 13. Uh, It's a very special edition today. We are live at the Institute of Fundraising Convention in uh, London's Barbican. Um, But 13 is unlucky for some because we are missing the Pat Sharp of the pod, the Harry Kane of audio to be topical. Kenneth can't be here today. So um, he has cried off with a quite monumental hangover from the awards last night. But don't fear, we have a guest presenter for you today. Um, some of you may well recognize her. She was drinking with Kenneth last night, so she is partly to blame for this. <laughs> um, it's Sandy Luther from Episode 12. How are you doing?
1: Hello, thanks for having me back. Well, thanks for having Having a really good time at IOF. It's been lots of great buzz. And really, really good.
0: Okay, and how were the awards last night?
1: The awards were fun. Um, I don't think I should take all the blame. (laughs) Right. Um, We were having a great time. There were some great, uh, great... Comedy. There was some great awards, some really wonderful recipients uh, and nominees, and I think it was just really good fun. Okay. Didn't and When was the
0: last sighting of Kenneth?
1: Uh, I left at a respectable eleven thirty. Okay. So I can't comment on anything that happened after. Was leading
0: a conga line around the room <laughs> at
1: that point. Were you there too? No,
0: I wasn't. No, I <laughs> um, A couple of people have mentioned this. I didn't manage to wangle my way into the room, so I'm a little bit, a little bit disappointed. I thought um, since you
1: knew about the conga line uh, that you were definitely there. All
0: right. <laughs> That so that actually happened. Good. Um, and also because this is a special occasion, and um, we also have a special guest for you. Um, she's working today, but we have dragged her away to come and join us. She is a big champion of the sector and a big fan of the pod. It's Davisha from just Giving. Oh,
2: hiya. How are
0: you doing? <laughs>
2: Very good, thank you. Yeah, great day so far.
0: Good. So we mentioned that you've been working today, but you've also managed to sneak out and see some of the presentations.
2: Yeah, so we've um, we've got to stand here because we're sponsoring the event. So just giving and Blackboard are the key sponsor for the IOF convention this year. Um, but I've been attending sessions. I've been having meetings around them. I showed my face. At the directors uh, direct fundraising lunch earlier so yeah I've been, I've been
0: getting around. Mixing with the big, the, the big names. Yeah
2: exactly. <laughs> Good.
0: Alright. Well we've got these guys here um, we're also expecting a couple of other people along. We have um, one person who has arrived purely to heckle so listen out for Nikki Reed from uh, Marie Curie. We also have Lily Gordon here from Christian Aid and she will be presenting tomorrow. She's nodding, which is good for audio. <laughs> and, um, Lucy has said as well. She's going to try and suss this out and then maybe we'll throw something into the mix as we go. Um, so yeah, we've got a couple of people hopefully turning up in a bit. Uh, And we are going to talk about their experiences over the last couple of days, we've definitely got a uh, kind of convention focus for this one, but we are sort of taking off without the landing gear, without our other guests, but um, I'm going to throw this open, what have you seen over the last couple of days that you've really enjoyed, are there any particular highlights from the presentations that you've seen?
1: Well, I have to give a big shout out to field They had uh, came out of the gate strong with a really great session, um, really talking about their brand and how they kind of live that and how they use their storytelling and actually have had it referenced in other sessions that I've been to today. So That's clearly uh, they're they're doing really well. So Carrie did a great job representing field They're a wonderful organization, really entrepreneurial. And I can never say that word, but I tried. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I just think they did a really, really nice job talking about how to really um, make a big impact with with uh, a small team and a small budget which was okay. I think really relevant for a lot of people
0: yeah because um, certainly I was at a lunch thing today with some other members of um the IOF, and they were talking about how quite a lot of the sessions are great for big charities, mm. but there isn't as much content for smaller charities and, and uh, takeaways for them. Yeah,
1: and I think they, I think they're a good, good case study to kind of counter that because I think they, they seem very large from the outside just because of their presence, but actually it's a 12-person team and they're, they're doing a lot, and, and actually doing a lot and making things really multi-use. So they, every time they look at a piece of content or a story, they think about how can I break this down and use it in lots of different ways. And I think that was really great. And and you know the fact that they hold strong to not diluting what they're doing by trying to be everywhere and be everything for everyone, they're really focused on who their target market is and what they need to do to reach them. Um, and not doing it, you know, doing it with integrity and not doing it in a way that isn't going to be great. Because so
0: that's what they're known for. Okay, so just getting it out there and... Um... Before it's perfect. So getting
1: things partially, but also not not launching into the next new thing without actually having the resources and the bandwidth to, to really do it well. So even though they are, you know, a small team, they do things really well, they execute really well, and they're not gonna spread themselves too thin. So they really hold on to that and, and grow. So yeah, it's never always perfect, but they do kind of build on it year on year, which I thought was really, really smart and good tips for any organization looking to start out or, or yeah, kind big of big or small. Yeah, yeah nice. exactly. Well,
0: that definitely touches on one of the kind of the takeaways from the end, but but no spoilers before the end. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Tavisha, have you seen anyone that you've really
2: liked? Yes, yeah, so I kicked today off with a um, great presentation by Breast Cancer Now. So it was Joe Freeman and Lottie um, about their Wear It Pink product. Um, what really stood out for me was how they really effectively segment their supporters. They've got 14,500 people that sign up to the event, um, and they give each of them a really personalised experience. And they do that through using a real multitude of like online and offline channels. Um, and I think that was really interesting to hear in a day and age where we're talking about so much online that perhaps we're missing that personal touch um, particularly for a virtual product where you don't turn up and actually have that like face-to-face engagement with the charity how do you actually make that supporter feel like there's something tangible um, what So was... this
0: was Joe Freeman talking about off Offline.
2: Well it was it was two of them, so it was uh last oh, who owns wow, the product like, fundraising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a joke talking about anything that wasn't digital. Yeah, no we definitely actually had a good handle on like how to take digital from kind of just being an online piece to something that's in, you know, in your hands. Okay. Um, what I thought was really good about that as well is someone asked a question around how do they bring the product together between fundraising and digital as, as two separate teams. So how do they motivate them to, to keep working cohesively? Yeah. Um, I really like their honesty about how they shared that it was a challenge. Um, it was something that you know didn't happen overnight, but actually is proven to be part of the success of the product. Um, and obviously, just giving it something that we want to see more and more because what we do is very much sits in fundraising and in digital, and it'd be great to see charities use that as like an opportunity to work better together.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess they, they should be experts on cross team working, aren't they? Just the merger of the two charities. Yeah. Fairly recently. What was that? A year ago. A little bit longer than that, oh, but yeah, it was over two three,
2: Omega, three three years, years ago. Three years ago. Yeah.
0: So, uh, on top. On trend here, James. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: uh, no, but you know there are a couple of other charities that we work with that are going through a similar. Um, Um, Merger And it is a real challenge but opportunity to bring two separate teams that have different ways of working together. And I think it is important for the sector to look at collaboration and not always think about, you know, return on the bottom line, but actually how do they do the best for the supporter by working together internally better.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, Libby and I were just at a presentation. I'm going to drag her into this. Um, We were talking about taking away people's job titles. So you were no longer a major gifts fundraiser right. you were just a fundraiser and you well like now fundraiser. I'm a fan of getting
1: rid of titles so yeah, <laughs> actually yeah you are yeah but
0: well, that was interesting
3: it was I think the point they were trying to make is that all the fundraising is about building relationships and so the skills that you might use using community or in major gifts or in corporate Actually, if you're looking to recruit good people, you should be looking for the skills, uh, and then you can train people up to you know, anything that's special, particularly about those. But the, the key bit is the ability to build a good and strong
0: relationship uh, with those people who want to support the charity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that was interesting. And they were also throwing out some other ideas. Uh, well, but you're going to be stealing any of those for your presentation tomorrow.
3: Uh, Probably not, but I will pick up on one of the things I think was really key in the presentation uh, that we just talked to, which is about increasing and retaining talent, which is about flexibility uh, and enabling people to be flexible, not just for time, but also what they bring to work. Uh, and how that was really important in terms of both recruiting and retaining staff. Um, and the, uh, Flexibility means that you don't take your annual leave, to have a dentist appointment or to see your kids uh, at sports day uh, and enabling people to, to be their whole person, uh, because that work and outside of work then means that you're going to have happier staff, which then hopefully, of course, should mean more money uh, and then, and bigger ability to be able to deliver what you're trying to
0: do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were just talking. Davisha and I were just talking about that as we um kind of prepping yeah. for this, saying about having outside interests yeah. helps you to build relationships. So yeah, you can be really passionate about your cause and and your charity, but you also have to have something about you as well to build that relationship with yeah. a, a billionaire that is looking to give you their money. Uh, Course. so running something like a podcast that's <laughs> there you go. We, talk about, we can talk about that maybe but particularly like in the sector where
2: um, there is you know such low retention of staff like this the turnover is particularly high in the charity sector yeah. they do need to start thinking a bit more kind of globally and kind of more internationally and more universally about these concepts of flexible working or kind of yeah just more open-minded yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And retention of staff is so low. Why there is such a high turnover? Where do all these really good people go? We we'll we'll move out of the sector. So what are we doing to keep them in the sector?
0: <laughs> Nikki Reed, Chief Heckler, has come on board. <laughs> I've, got some, uh, uh, I've got
4: some I've got
3: some thoughts on that, that I well, that are thoughts or musings. No, or no, no, not at all. Um that I think that that the charity sector used to kind of have the ownership of if you want to be a good person and do good, you need to work for a charity. And I think now that there are a lot of other corporate companies or social enterprises that have really captured that, they are really embracing the flexible working. They're really embracing the, do you know what, we can help you be what you want to be. Uh, they're offering training opportunities. They're also offering people opportunities to do things like give back to charity through pro bono days, through uh, you know donations back to, you know, to charities, through yeah. a number of different different ways well, it, it was
0: touched on in a session earlier today about how companies are becoming more uh charity focused as well so i think Brewdog dog were mentioned in the session yeah, just yeah. now about how they're going to give away a lot of their their funding because they see that people are shopping ethically so therefore it makes sense for companies to to do that as well so yeah maybe we're losing them to the private sector in a in a charity role within those companies
3: and I, I also think there is something as well about recognition that in the in other sectors they are better at recognition. Both, um, I mean, I'm not saying that we should be going down performance-based pay or bonuses, but just recognising and giving people opportunities for both promotion. Um, and celebration and I think that those are two key things that we can do uh, you know we can promote we can give different opportunities we can celebrate and that will really help to keep staff uh, and then again as we, as we've just mentioned that keeping staff is way way cheaper and way better for us than having to constantly recruit it's much better for um, you know for your workforce and also for your supporters
0: yeah
2: I think- so if, seeing, if seeing people move from the charity sector back into the private sector or into the private sector they should be looking at what are the kind of key things that they do to keep people and bring them in so for example um you know you mentioned like upward mobility um you know opportunities things like that but also concepts of oh i know completely forgot what i was going to say don't oh, worry it'll come back to me sorry
0: well actually quite a, quite a nice uh, point to break because we've just been joined by the uh, presenter of the last session. Helen Trenchard sprinted upstairs to join us. That was really good. I enjoyed that. How did it go for you?
5: Hi. I haven't got breath left. I've just finished uh, speaking on the Barbican stage, which is the largest room I've easily ever spoken in. It's really, really big. Um... Yeah, it went really well. We did a panel session about getting and keeping the best relationship fundraisers. Just been
0: discussing that
5: Wow, I'm provoke our, our manifesto for change is already, you know, uh, uh, galvanizing support. Um, I just feel really shaky having just been on the stage. Anyway, um, what was it like? It was really good. Um, we had some great questions. There's the questions being asked through the Slido part of the app as well that we haven't had a chance to get to, so we're going to be tweeting out those questions. Um, the most controversial uh, uh, policy in the manifesto is around abolishing the boundaries between relationship and raising roles between corporate, community and high-value giving because there is no hierarchy of expertise. It's about recruiting for potential, it's about recruiting on a skills base, um, so that provoked a lot of um, a lot of interaction, we talked about flexible working, we talked about um, a turn time only um, role being advertised and how that's going for a small charity um, called Bobath Scotland.
0: Um, so we were in the big room for your session. Um, the big room has been used for some of the plenary sessions as well. Uh, I really enjoyed Will yesterday morning. I don't know, I'm getting a few nods. Did anyone else see Will yesterday morning? But, um, and Sandy is going to appreciate this one because he talks about how fundraisers are uh, artists and we need to embrace the rules of, of, um, of art as fundraisers um, and that is exactly what in the last episode the book that I read about pirates was saying as well. So I got mocked um, by Kenneth quite a bit for talking about pirates but actually Will was the, was, a, was a different angle but on the same sort of theme. So things like um, breaking the rules, uh, championing failures... Um, believing in yourself, changing things for the better, so not just breaking the rules but then, but then building them up as different things. Um, so it feels like everybody is, is kind of on that trend at the moment. You just need to come up with a discipline, so whether it 's pirates or uh, artists or plumbers i 'm going to release a book about you know how plumbing is the new but um, he quite cleverly threw in people like um, i Brid- 've scribbled down Bridget Riley as championing failures and Perseverance, and then Suzanne as well about um, creating new rules. Um, so I thought he was really good I really enjoyed him and then we had Fatima as well just now everybody see that one just after lunch everyone else seemed to really love I, I struggled to find the, the point from her from her talk I couldn't get the what was the lesson from that
1: it but was maybe more, it was more I, the what I took away from it, it was very conversational she's obviously really comfortable talking um, I think she did if I might infer a few points that she maybe kind of talked through which is around the um, something something we see a lot of which is the the kind of the rise of the you know empowered individual and somebody wanting to go out and do something and not waiting for a an organization or a government or something else to do what they feel like that needs to be done and, and I think there's some Really positive stories, she highlighted a great one, but I think there's also a lot of risk and what that presents to the sector, but also to financial management. I mean, there's all sorts of you yeah, know, and things. I love her stuff about the
0: threat to the sector from yeah. um, sort of vigilante yeah. fundraisers, yeah. people within the situation, just saying, Right, I'm not going to wait for this entry, I'm not going to wait for this huge organization to, to try and get here, yeah. I'm going to just fundraise myself and people to it. Yeah, so that was really strong. And
1: we see it happening across the board, so the fact that you know, she pulled one or, one or two examples but I think it's we're seeing it everywhere and I think it, it is a, an important topic that we have to look at uh, as, as organizations working in the sector and something that we're doing at Blackwater Just Giving is to try and understand what does that mean and, and how can we help empower the organizations to, to be more nimble and I think actually that's been a theme that's come across A lot of sessions that I've gone to today was around, or this week, have been around being agile and thinking differently, um, looking at breaking the rules, but also looking at, you know, I can't, uh, a couple of organizations in the sessions talked about the fact that they've broken down their approval process to get tweets out and to get newsletters created and, and just kind of taking some of those. Bureaucratic steps out of the way.
5: Pirates, <laughs> they're, yeah. pirates. they're pirates. Yeah.
1: Uh, but I think that's there's a real, there are really important lessons to be learned on that. And I think actually as as organizations we have to continue to look at that, and as individuals we have to look at how do we buck tradition and convention and start to look at you know how do we do more good, yeah. um, but at the same time you know do things in a way that's, um, that's sustainable and has growth potential and is scalable. And I think that's the thing that we quite haven't unlocked yet, is, is is how that scales.
0: Yeah, and that came through in your presentation, Helen, kind of, with people saying that they are trialling new things, I think, um, the girl the Cancer Research, her name, Vicky, they, and Vicky cancer 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 she was talking about how they, they were trying to implement things that they had trialled in different departments and trying to scale that out across the teams and, and uh, with varying levels of success. Exactly.
5: Yeah, yeah, and she spoke about some initiatives that they're just starting to trial around um, uh, around four hours and other bits and pieces, so it's like you know it's it's, it's early days, yeah. it's baby steps, and actually in in the face of our panel, you know some of the smaller organisations can just move much more quickly. Yeah, mm. they have less staff, uh, with, you know, with him to implement a policy. They obviously have you know less you know, of sign off or leadership, and they are just going out and doing it. You know this term, you know recruiting for a term time um, fundraiser, term time only fundraiser. They were besieged with applications from all across Scotland. Even when, you know, no one's ever heard of Mogaf Scotland. It's very small.
0: Applications for the for just for term time or for the for the gaps? No, no, no,
5: no. The whole role is term time only.
0: Oh, okay, right, yeah.
5: Am I making that? Amazing? Yeah, I'm that making Yeah, it's just yeah. me. Yeah. So, a really progressive idea, yeah. but they've just gone ahead and done Yeah. So, sometimes these larger organisations and larger infrastructures, it takes it takes a lot more time to be more pirate. James. Um, <laughs> Moving yeah, a big ship. You've got, sin, to, got, to. got to get the ship. <laughs> You've got to the like, sale. Re- you've got to recruit the sale. You've get the outfit. Sometimes Amazon <laughs> don't sell it all in one, so that's tricky.
4: Uh, yeah. why, why is that in larger organisations? Why, why is there that process? And like, where does that come
5: from?
0: I don't know. It's a, it's a good question. Um, I, I don't <laughs> it's,
4: a great, it's a great question.
5: There are, I think, the larger organisations are looking into organisations like, um, like Google and Facebook and and, 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 Uber and Airbnb to find out how they are. You know, they have a, a huge number of employees, but they are, you know, um, yeah, you know, innovating and good ideas are coming to the surface. So it's yeah, a great company
0: Yourself, I'm just giving pointing division here. Um, do you embrace stuff like that as a Kind of like, the leading on that
2: front, do you feel like? Yeah, what like policies and kind of open? I think so. I mean, probably a bit. Yeah.
1: To I mean, I think I think certainly from a product perspective, we absolutely do, right? So we run very agile methodologies. We we run in sprints, um, but I think we're actually seeing that move into our marketing team. We're seeing it move into our sales and partnerships team. Is trying to you know look at ways that we can kind of gain efficiencies. So we've kind of broken things down. Kind of talking about moving, removing titles and layers, we've kind of said actually we need project teams and we need people to come from product, marketing, sales, uh, account management, we need everybody together in a room to kind of champion all the different facets of our organisation, but at the end of the day we're trying to do right by our customers, which are the charity partners we work with, same thing here, which is... is that
0: part of it, is are we, do we not want to spend the money or do we seem to be spending the money on investing in new ways of working? Particularly at a time Mm when we're under scrutiny as to how we spend
4: that money. But it's not—I wouldn't say it's a new way of working. So we talked about the change in attitude as key to kind of making this work, and the kind of leadership model as well, and kind of embodying the culture that you want to see. But it's also about empowering those lower levels, and I say that with inverted commas because we're all leaders. It's about putting that trust in the people that you are leading to, to make those decisions, and if. If they're not making those right decisions, mm-hmm. then there, there are you know, there, there are those consequences that, that that will be reviewed. But something that we're doing at a Wish most most definitely is removing those barriers. We don't have policies, we don't have probation periods, we don't have annual appraisals. It's it's a communication. We are constantly talking, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's definitely something that we need to be. And is that something <laughs> that's just based on trust that yes. you just...
5: trust? Yeah.
4: And I, I think, think if you're taking the this, sorry you
1: know we, we will address it yeah. <laughs> but I think too what comes from that I think that trust is a really big part of that but I think also it's 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 actually, like you said, it's not necessarily a new way of working, it's, it's you know, empowerment, but it's also, if we continue to do the same style and the same approach, but we're expecting different results, it's not going to happen, and so you've got to move and evolve with the times, and, and if you don't, you're going to get left behind, and your organization is going to suffer from not recruiting great talent, or keeping great talent, and then you're not going to help you know progress your mission and your cause, and it, it just, it will all, it's all interrelated, and if we don't really take a look at it and focus, and think about the ways that we work or think about the ways that we communicate, it it really is going to be at the detriment of your organization.
0: Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Certainly. Yeah. um, Charities that I talk to are adopting more of that approach than it is around trust. And nobody has yet said it's been an absolute disaster for me. That Bob just hasn't turned up for four days. That doesn't. That doesn't seem to happen. Uh, I hope Bob's okay. and And like I've seen this morning, Rob Woods was
5: talking about that in the main hall. He was talking about trust and encouraging everyone around you to be leaders. And lead, a true leader encourages leadership in everyone at every level. It sounds like, you Nina, know, that's what you've got there. Um, yeah, I think it's taking the
4: decision making out of you know your, your senior leadership team and the CEO is saying yeah. everyone has the answers. It's like a revolution. I know, it's amazing, isn't it? I love it. Yeah. It's refreshing. That yeah, is very really exciting. It's refreshing. Nice. Um, any
0: other sessions that you've seen that you've enjoyed over the last couple of days?
5: I went to an amazing session about resilience. Oh. Um, we just, they, the, the, the the two people talking really just hit, hit, hit it on the head around like, you know, um, if you make change in an organization, it impacts on you and you need to look after yourself. It was about well-being. It was about um, people can be held. It was a very straight talking <laughs> session um, and done, done brilliantly. I believe that they're taking that session to the IFC as well. Um, uh, uh, Maeve and Rachel. Yeah, Good. yeah
0: fantastic.
5: Okay. Really great. Cool.
0: I saw a really good one. There's always a real standout every year I come to uh, a convention, and my standout one was around negotiation, um, and I loved it. It was really good. I don't consider myself a good negotiator at all, apart from recruiting you lot to, to come along through um, Promises of Alcohol later. I didn't get I'm um, sorry. There's going to be alcohol. I just sat <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> down. Terrible negotiation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could have gone away with that one, but I've giving <laughs> you all the gin and um, but they were talking about how children are brilliant negotiators because they focus purely on results. There's one thing they do, want to stay up late, stroke, <laughs> wear the blue trousers oh, to school. That is what they're really focused on. But they adopt different approaches to that. And Depending on the situation, whether you're talking to mum or dad, um, uh, whether you know you can schmooze them or whether they've already turned you down three times for the chocolate buttons, and then they are not concerned. With what anybody around them thinks. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. You know, if they don't really want to wear the trousers, they just won't wear the trousers. and They'll cry about it. It was a really interesting right, session, yeah. really well done. It's a really good um, uh,
1: angle that I hadn't really thought of before. Yeah,
0: it was great. yeah it's great. That's what you which was the one, um, presenting. That and, ha-
5: and how are you going to implement that in your in your working just life? Just
0: generally jokes? take the trousers off. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was the, the takeaway. Watch one. out, see right <laughs> now. Oh dear. <laughs> I took from that, and it's going to work. <laughs> uh, <it's definitely laughs> and, but also, she was really keen to point out that negotiation is not about fighting, it's not about the loudest person in the room, um, it's about kind of mutual wins. That the longer relationships are going to come from people walking away from the table thinking, oh, I've got something out of that, yeah. and they've got something out of that, not that I've, been, I've lost out here.
1: Win win always, see. always is better for everyone. It, and it just is more productive, it helps relationships. Yeah, you don't want to be seen to be screwing somebody over yeah. to get what you want and that's you know you, that's a one time thing you're not getting that again exactly <laughs> that yeah that's going to last a year and yeah exactly
0: yeah. Um, so that was really good I really enjoyed that session nice um, we are we are up to 25 minutes and I did warn you that this would, this would fly by and I've actually been chatting to a couple of other people um, while I've been wandering around so maybe I'll drop that bit into into this section of the podcast but we've got Jess and Jeremy who I've been talking to um, about yeah. So here we are outside at convention in the sunshine, um, sat by the fountains. Um, we're about one day in and I've bumped into Jess from ARUK and uh, just to talk to her about the first morning at convention. She's a she's a long time here, you've been a few times haven't you? Yes
6: yeah, so this will be my third time now and every time I come I just love it more and more and I just come away so inspired. By all the speakers and it just kind of makes me fall in love with fundraising all over again yeah that's nice. a bit cliche isn't it well though? you were saying <laughs> you've been
0: really busy and it's nice to have a bit yeah, of time out yeah it's just well. been
6: so busy at work and then sometimes you just get so bogged down and then instead of actually taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture you kind of just head down and getting on with it so things like this is so nice to come to to actually reevaluate. actually you know there's more things that can be done that might take that pressure away from other areas
0: yeah, nice, yeah. OK. So we, we, we've just started, really. We're only at lunch on the first day, but we've had two sessions. Um, anyone that you saw this morning that you, you enjoyed?
6: Yes, I've seen two so far. So I had one with Rob Woods on storytelling, and it was really, really good, actually. And it just kind of, it's all common sense, but stuff that I guess I'd never really thought of before. So I've definitely learned that I need to like go back to charity. I need to get more information, more stories, and then how to kind of use them to persuade people to actually donate for us and why that, why that makes a difference. Yeah. And I think that's what's really important is kind of the follow-up for you've raised £50. Pounds. That has helped us with XYZ. And yeah. just to put a bit more personalised message into it.
0: Okay, but also quite bringing a formula to it as well. So yeah. there's always a tangible There's always, benefit to somebody yeah,
6: like, and why that yeah exactly like a benefit to someone and kind of a bit like your annual review like you have your real key stats what you've achieved but actually could we make that in more real time where actually people who've donated have made that money to, for us to kind of find those discoveries yeah. and do fund that research project so I think putting that in more of our core thanking is like key nice. really yeah. yeah
0: okay and like you say it's stuff that we all know we have to do but it's a nice reminder that to go back into the office and take a bit of time out and then go and do stuff, bigger picture stuff. That, yeah, that definitely, because
6: I think you have your processes and then sometimes you get so bogged down with the here and now and then before you know it, the events come around again and then yeah, you've not evaluated it properly, you haven't looked at the processes. Well, actually, like could we work smarter, not harder, I guess, is kind of more what I've taken away from that. Yeah. And what impact could we have? in regards to just making a few minor changes and what that would do to change the whole kind of plan for the fundraising team, yeah. And
0: um, what have you got planned um, after lunch?
6: So I have got a negotiation skills one, Um, yeah. I might be at that one as well, Oh, are you, yeah? Yeah. I think I'm going there. Um, What's the other one I've got? Relationship management later. Yeah. So I just kind of want to do stuff that's going to kind of increase my awareness in areas that potentially haven't really thought about changing
0: previously. Yep. Okay, and then this evening you've got a big night ahead yeah, haven't you. Yeah, I've
6: got a fundraising award. So we're nominated for Large Charity of the Year. I
0: don't think there is a fun there is never an award ceremony in the charity sector where you guys are nominated <laughs> Well is there I know least?
6: but it's great, I love it. Um so yeah so this will be my first time at this award ceremony and I think it's just such a great opportunity. Like my background before was like a really small charity. And I have to pinch myself sometimes because that would never have happened. I would never have been in that position before. So even being able to go and represent us as a charity who's been nominated, let alone if we do get the award, I just think it's amazing, really. Yeah. Um,
0: I was at a presentation um, with Sarah from Autistica this morning and she said part of her strategy is to put them forward for awards Yeah, yeah. so that they feel valued and... They, I mean, they, they win stuff yeah. as well, which is always nice, isn't it? Turn well, back also, up with a trophy. So like you're
6: then an award winning fundraising yeah. team, and that sounds really nice. Yeah, but you've it? got to put yourself
0: up for them yeah. before you win them. Yeah, yeah.
6: well, you're not going to, you kind of, you've got to go and seek those opportunities, haven't you? So, no, I'm really excited actually, and I'll be delighted if we, if we do get it because it's just charity's growing so rapidly and we're really making our mark now, and I right. think this just helps us go from strength to strength really and you,
0: presumably you've you got a fundraising director that's going to be there buying the drinks
6: oh i hope so ceo's there oh good <laughs> Hillary's right. there and we've got ian wilson who's the director of fundraising so yeah i'm sure it'd be a great night and i'm just quite glad that apparently england lost the other day because it would have meant that they were all going to go uh, and watch the been... football on their phone so yeah yeah
0: exactly so there yeah, it's we all go worked out well yeah well we will try and catch up with you tomorrow and, and see how the hangover is thank yeah. you very much
6: <laughs> bye <laughs>
0: Okay, so um, we're we're midway now through the afternoon sessions, and um, I've bumped into a fellow, um, or previously fellow, um, SIG chair, and Jeremy, who um, he's actually been presenting today. So, how did that go for you?
7: Uh, Hi, James. Yeah, um, it went okay. Thank you. Um, This is my second time presenting here at the Barbican. Uh, The first time last year we did corporate fundraising, open heart surgery, which was a kind of a, a crazy we're not going to talk at you, you're going to talk to us in small groups uh, trial. Um, And that seemed to go well and we got some quite good feedback. And so uh, I know that session's running again this year, although I'm not involved in it. So what I was actually doing today uh, was talking about a new bit of research uh, published by an agency called More Partnerships. And it was uh, research looking into the state of corporate giving amongst other things, but also as ever looking uh, at the future of corporate partnerships and talking about the kind of rise of strategic partnership so um, that was pretty good yeah. um, it was a real stand and deliver kind of session so um, it wasn't a, a massive opportunity for people to come in with comments and questions which is always Uh, tricky, but I think it's quite uh, optimistic in tone, the research and the report, and so I think people felt that a bit and got a bit excited about the potential for their organisations. Good, okay, and how were the nerves beforehand? This Is a big gig to to come and present at? Well, I think it's interesting, isn't it? Um, When I first started speaking and performing, I used to be kind of really shy and retiring, you'd have to kick me onto stage, and uh, I'm not that person anymore, something changed somewhere. (laughs) And uh, you know, earlier this year, um, we we're working this year uh, at Carers UK, where I, I work as head of fundraising. We we're working with a community partner called the Nizam Temple, and they're the largest Hindu organisation in the UK. And um, they asked me just to pop in on a Saturday night and just say a few words about the start of the partnership. All very informal. So I walked into a room of about 5,000 Hindus, um, <laughs> and I was garlanded on stage in front <laughs> of uh, one of their high priests. And uh, and I then had to say a couple of words at the podium, and so uh, and for it's, it's 5, funny.
0: Thousand people. It's
7: funny what you get used to, and actually wow. now if it's fifty or five hundred. So so for anyone that might listen and think, blimey, I, I hate public speaking. I used to, I really did. Um, just practice, just keep going, yeah. um, build yourself up, and honestly, you'll be surprised. Three cans of strong before before. You'll hands. be surprised <laughs> where you're speaking and, and and what you're doing. Yeah. So, well,
0: yeah. actually, in that case, this is nothing to you. This well, easy. yeah, you know. What can I say? Have you seen anybody else? Who else? Because after yours... Yeah,
7: so I think one of the nice things about conventions is you you come back year on year and you see uh, sort of old faces and new. And I first used to be a volunteer here, which has always been a fantastic experience. So I still know quite a few that are regular volunteers here. Yeah. As well as other people and speakers and and, uh, session hosts doing things as well. Um, So I think just coming for one day, maybe you don't get the full experience. You kind of dip in and out uh, a a bit more. But... um, but certainly it's uh, always always good to So is up. that
0: networking side to this as well, that you come and see people and catch up? And yeah,
7: there is. I mean, I think uh, for those of us lucky enough to be based in around London, it's not hard to meet people. So probably for, for the regular people you know you might want support and advice from, um, you know, arranging another time is, is probably easier. Um, but sure, there's a few people I would not bump into otherwise and reconnect with, so that's always useful.
0: Yeah, nice. And what are you off to now? We've got one more so, session today.
7: So um, I, uh, uh, being a corporate fundraiser by trade, I, these days being a head of fundraising I try and go to as many non-corporate sessions as I can, despite the bit of me that just wants to sit and go to the corporate ones. Yeah. So I'm going to go off to a philanthropy session about working with senior volunteers, which is something we uh, need to uh, re-get re going at at KRG UK. Okay.
0: Oh, excellent. Well, great to bump into you. We've discovered that we live um, on the, st- we have. Near chance- the same station. We so- What a chance
7: discovery. And I, we're talking about chance encounters. I bumped into a girl here who I hadn't seen for a few years. She reminded me that not only did I help her in her first job professionally, Accidentally, I kind of sorted out her personal life by finding her a flat share with someone I knew who she then got married to. There you go, uh, cool. So it was nice for her to, to remind me of that because I completely forgotten that story. You offer the full package then. Uh, you know, well, you know. It's love it's, advice, uh, career, y- guidance. You, you never know. You never know, do you? So, um, yeah, it was nice to, to bump into her. Great stuff. Well, enjoy your last session. All right. Cheers, All right. James. Cheers. Bye.
0: And then what else is everybody looking forward to seeing, I mean, other than seeing Libby tomorrow, what time
3: are you uh, uh So I'm talking tomorrow at 11.45 uh, in the Bigger Picture stream, uh, a session called Don't Like Change, Leave it in the Tip Jar. Uh, and it's a session by myself uh, Lisa from Save the Children and Emily who's a freelance fundraising consultant. Uh, and we are running a slightly different session, uh, it's a more of a workshop conversation, where we're trying to get people to uh, learn and share from each other a bit about their stories uh, around change because change is the new normal, Um, all charities are changing, whether it be through changing your job, how your job is changing your policies changing flexible working changing your structure um, it is becoming part and parcel of a day day and so we're really keen to start some conversations with people to get some peer support for each other around what i uh, just around change so come along you okay. will be expected to speak to other people in it though. so if you don't like talking
0: bit of maybe
5: L- don't come I'll be there yes we, this
0: probably won't <laughs> go out until
1: after that so we might have to oh. catch up with you and, um, <laughs> yeah but, well speaking of change I loved this quote that I had never heard before so apologies for not I, I'm maybe not very cultured but um, it was, it's from Gordon Moore who was a co-founder of Intel and it was change has never been this fast and change will never be this slow again and actually <laughs> I thought that was like a really good theme for the whole conference it was like oh it really just set me back a little bit and I was like yeah actually that's a really good model I think to just kind of look out to and just well, say okay so, so
0: themes has there been anything that has come through from the presentations that you have seen is there one line that has kept coming up yes. there is for me yeah. Uh, Maybe jumping in again. Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't get an invitation to this, so
4: this, I just power back to from probably insights, uh what, what do your donors want uh massively need to feed in. Uh, legacy giving is a huge trend probably and uh donor centric fundraising We talked earlier about from Teenage Cancer Trust about merging community and sports care. Um, I think it's kind of the three, yeah, three,
0: three top thing things, nice. yep. yeah. It hasn't
2: happened yet, but I'm really looking forward to the virtual events talk this afternoon. So um Adrian from the British Heart Foundation is talking about whether it's oh, it's actually right now. Um okay. but yeah, it's talking about where, you know, sort of what the future is of virtual. So we're we're big advocates of virtual events. I know Sandy talked about it in episode twelve.
5: It was. Uh, yeah.
2: With Kenneth, who is Mr. Virtual Event, as far as the sector is concerned. Uh, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing it from the charity's mouth because we talk about it all day, every day. But
0: yeah. yeah. Okay. The thing that I keep seeing is about failure. Which, you know, and I live that a breathe that every two weeks on this podcast. Um, but that kept coming up about failing and failing fast. But only one person, and Sarah from Autistic has said this, is that I, everyone else talks about failing and how it's great to fail and keep doing it and learn so much. She's the only person that said, I don't like failing. We do it, but I don't enjoy it. And actually someone's being a bit being honest about that. Yeah. No one
1: <laughs> we can all smile
0: about it and say, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm learning, I'm progressing, and I'm getting towards the light bulb, so and so this hard and that. Me. But
1: it's horrible. Like that. yeah. But that's that's come up quite a bit. Okay, so it
0: sounds like we all need to, to run to go to our next sessions. Um, uh, this is going to be going out after England's 3 0 victory against Columbia this evening. <laughs> so um, it's okay for me to say that. So that's fine. But um, thank you very much to Alicia, to Sandy, to Helen, uh, to Nina, who jumped in. Thank you very much. And to Livy, good luck tomorrow. And thanks for listening. Thank you so much. James. James. We miss you, uh,
5: Kenneth. <laughs>